0: Continuing the series of sermons of Wisdom for Data Living from Proverbs, today I will share about Wisdom to Care for the Poor, according to that book. I will start with a view um, of the poor, followed by guides on how to care for them. But first, a bit of context. In recent conversations, two friends have shared their concern about common ideas we have about the poor. We tend to think that homelessness is always the fruit of bad decisions. We ignore that some homeless are so because the system has pushed them, told me one of them. Two days later, and the other one mentioned in the service her church provides for the needy. She said, we provide meals for the poor, and at the same time, we can despise them. A selective reading of Proverbs may support the view shared with my friends that the calamity of the poor obviously is of their own doing, and that charity may be offered for selfish reasons without any sense of respect for those at the receiving end. But is that the whole picture? Proverbs. Proverbs gives us a more complex view of the poor, a more fundamental reason to stand with them, and some specific ways to do it. In the world of the Old Testament and also of the poor, of the New Testament, the poor lacked material goods, honor, and power. Three groups within Israel's society widows, orphans, and strangers experienced poverty as particularly harsh. In a society structure upon the male as the worker, the widow and orphan struggled to survive. Powerless, they depended upon the goodwill of others. The strangers, those who did not belong and had no bonds to the society were at their own mercy. These groups share a common poverty lack of status, whereby the powerful and the wicked uh, could take advantage of them. So Proverbs expresses mm, concern about the precarious social status of the poor and what others um, can do and do to cause their poverty. The first proverb I will refer is in chapter 22 verse 2. Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. The first affirmation of the Christian faith is that God is the creator of all. A wisdom to serve the poor has to be rooted and is rooted in that truth for everything that socially keeps rich and poor apart on the surface. They share the common fundamental definition of humanity in the scriptures. Both are God's creatures. This is the source of their human dignity, not possessions. This affirmation should encourage the poor when thinking about themselves and should lead the rich to avoid despising or oppressing those who have less than they do. Of course, it is true that Proverbs states laziness, foolishness, and wickedness as personal failures that lead to poverty. But concern is also expressed about their precarious social status and what others have done to cause their poverty. Three key things are mentioned in that regard justice, oppression and violence, and wicked rulers. So in that context, that being the case, uh, Proverbs is also concerned about how is it that the righteous should alleviate the condition of the poor. So they are called to generosity, to justice, to advocate advocacy for the poor. Proverbs twenty eight twenty seven reads, those who give to the poor would lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. Proverbs consistently teaches that those with means must be generous toward the poor. In this particular verse, generosity is encouraged by the assurance of provision. Now generosity, in that sense, requires great trust, in contrast to fear that nurtures grasping for control and security, leading to stinginess. The generous person is the antithesis of the miser who turns a blind eye to the poor, but with no good result. Considering the whole book, it is safe to assume that God is both the provider of the generous giver and the source of calamity on the miser. This proverb reminds me of a Colombian mother who became a legend among her son's poor um classmates in university. Uh, and she became became a legend because there was always room at her table for those who had no food. Although her only source of income was a menial job that paid minimum wage. In her mind, God would enlarge her table. And if there was food for two for she and her son, God would multiply it to share with the hungry. Caring for the poor goes beyond charity. It's this embracing that the woman exercise. And the following section that I'm going to, the following section of sayings, points to generosity, but to justice and advocacy. First, a warning to everyone. Then to exhortations to those in power. Chapter 22, verses 22 and 23. Do not exploit the poor because they are poor, and do not crush them in court, for the Lord will take up their case and will plunder those who plunder them. The Lord is a defender of the poor and the needy. Therefore, we are warned, we, everyone is warned not to take advantage of them. Those who see in the poor fair game because they are weak and often unable to stand for themselves will face a formidable opponent, according to this proverb. Now, if from heaven God takes the case of the poor against the exploiter, then the king. The ruler, who in Proverbs is pictured mainly in terms of dispensing justice, has the obligation to rule protecting the poor and the responsibility to advocate for them. Proverbs twenty nine fourteen reads, if a king judges the poor with fairness, his throne will be established forever. Then in the last chapter of Proverbs, verses eight and nine, the king mother is instructing her son, King Lemuel, Lemuel, and she says, speak for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Lacking status and power, The poor were at the mercy of the powerful and often the victims of justice that favor the rich. But here, the ruler is not called to exercise justice in a populist way that favors the poor at everyone's expense. But to be fair, to do justice to the poor equally, as justice to the rest of the population, to judge with fairness the poor, who normally had the system stacked against them. And this, says the proverb, is the key to political stability. I wish some of the rulers in Latin America would take this proverb seriously. Further, The king is instructed to advocate, to speak for those who have no voice. Now, in a democracy, the admonition of these verses is for every member of the people who recognize that many times the destitute do not even realize uh, that they could have a voice or do not dare to raise it because they don't know how to speak for themselves. A recent story illustrates this point, a news story. In Harris County, Texas, they realized that people who needed rent assistance did not understand the regulations that determine if they should apply to the city, city or county programs. So for the sake of those in need, they joined city and county programs and guided people through the process. Now that should make national use. That is advocacy. Working so people understand uh, the system, making it possible for them to benefit uh, so their plight might be lessened Let me give you another example. At the Biblical Seminary of Colombia, where my husband and I serve, uh, we often have students who have been the victims of forced displacement because of the civil war in the country. And we have taken as one of our responsibilities to speak for them before government agencies so they can receive the benefits that have been set up for them to attenuate their circumstances. We also encourage our students and graduates to have educated people in their congregations, devote time to explain to marginalized people, the laws created for the, to benefit them, but are, and the programs that are created for their sake, but that are often most of the time I would say inaccessible because people do not understand the vocabulary employed, do not know how to do the paperwork required or are intimidated by government officials. Advocacy for the poor in those cases is expressed when those barriers are removed by those who know how the system works and who work the system this type of generous unconditional care for the poor based on compass- compassion is characteristic of the woman exalted in the last section of the verse of the book she extends an open hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy she embraces them in Conclusion, let me go back to the beginning, to the Creator. Chapter 14, verse 31 says, Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their Maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. Here the point is made that to oppress the poor is not just an attack on them, but also on God and God, who made them, who made all of us. We honor or dishonor God by the way we treat the poor. If we oppress them, or we show kindness. The New Testament shares this viewpoint, as illustrated by Jesus' comment, that to feed and clothe the needy to care for the stranger in effect is to do so for the divine king in Matthew 25. And not to do so is to offend him. So according to Proverbs, our view of the poor and how we act in favor or against them, but how we act in favor should rest on our theology, not only our sociology. Mother Teresa said, only in heaven will we see how much we owe the poor for helping us to love God better because of them. May we, because of the poor and our service to them, Grow in love to our God.